And welcome back to the Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about the at the border, and we are joined by Mark Morgan, former Customs and Border Protection Commissioner. He's also a senior law enforcement analyst and a Heritage Foundation visiting fellow. Uh, you know, Mark, we were talking um, right before the break. I was mentioning about air marshals saying that they are extremely, extremely concerned um, because now they're being pulled from the air and having to now basically be babysitters essentially at the border just because the situation is so overwhelming at the border. As you know all too well, there are so many migrants coming through, these record number of migrants. And they're extremely concerned because they feel like they're worried that there could be another potentially 9-11 and we're just simply not covered uh, because we're babysitting migrants at the border and that's where their resources are. What is your reaction to all of this, Mark? Because, boy, this to me is just incredibly troubling. It's just another example of not just our concern of what's happening at the border, but obviously it shows it's a national security threat to our skies as well. So this is a really huge issue, Mark. It, it is, Reed. And look, this is why we've been saying all along, this isn't about immigration. This is about border security, and border security is national security. This is yet another example, Rita, that shows that illegal immigration, though, drives our borders to be less secure. And here's how this happens, right? As right now, as even every single illegal alien that comes across our southwest border, that's one more resource that's pulled off the front line, away from their national security mission, and they're relegated to become a federal travel agency. When you have the numbers that we have now, the catastrophic historic highs we've never had in our history, millions, literally millions in the past 24 months, the result in that is border patrol frontline resources, 80 to 90 percent of them are pulled off the front line, again, away from their national security mission. The border goes unmonitored, unpatrolled. We've literally handed operational control over the border, number one. Number two, we've already known that, that DHS has already requested other resources from other departments within DHS to come, and as you said, rightfully so and very accurately, to be babysitters, to be nothing more than a federal travel agency, and now we're seeing it spill over to to. to to, to the uh, um, federal air marshals. Look, if I was director of, of, of uh, TSA, which the air marshals fall under, I, I would be objecting. I, I would be holding a press conference. I would be writing it down formally saying that this is going to jeopardize our ability to perform our mission. And look, this goes to another issue. Look, as, look I've, I've led agencies. You never have enough resources. You always have to prioritize. That's not what this is about. This is about an administration that intentionally has enacted policy that created this crisis and now is diverting these resources away from other important national security operations. It's just another example of how what's happening on the southwest border is negatively impacting every aspect of this country. And Mark, explain the role also of air marshals, if you could, and how important it is that we have them in the skies. One of the things I was just mentioning is that President Bush, of course, wanted to, of course, beef up air marshals because on September 11th, there were only 33 active air marshals. I mean, that was astounding. And since then, the number of air marshals has increased considerably. It's an estimated 3,000. But not all of them um, right now are obviously in the skies. They're being pulled to the border. But can you explain how important it is to have the air marshals up there? I mean, you've been in law enforcement, you know, your whole career, Mark Morgan. Explain how pivotal and important the role of an air marshal is up there in the skies, if you could. 
Well, it's critical. And Rita, you're, you're spot on about, you know, prior to 9-11, there was very few. And, and I think what, what everybody understands since 9-11, one of the, the many vulnerabilities that we had were the airways, right? And so this is one uh, area of many where after 9-11, the federal government really overall has done a very good job of being, uh, uh, you know, really moving from a reactive to a proactive preventative approach. And one of the major elements that they implemented was to expand the role of the air marshals and the a number of air marshals to make sure that a very critically important deadly vulnerability was less vulnerable. Look, the air marshals play a critical role to ensuring that our skies are safe and that they are free from terrorists taking advantage of that vulnerability. And with every single look, and, and I guarantee you, the director of, of TSA, which again has the air marshals under him, will never say he has enough on any given day. It makes no sense that you would take this critical, important, valued asset and remove them and have them fill a role that has nothing to do with their national security role. Instead, they're literally going down to the board, as you said, to be babysitters. They're going to be doing administrative duties, hospital watch, uh, a transportation. The, the list of, of administrative duties goes on and on. The farthest away from their national security mission can be. I, I don't understand why every congressional member is not outraged and screaming that this has got to stop and this is unacceptable. How dangerous is it also for our border agents, Mark Morgan, um, to now be so overrun by migrants uh, when you're getting millions upon millions that are crossing the border, as we know, at stunning rates, which you know all too well. How dangerous is the job for our border agents? There was sadly the case just recently where drug dealers opened fire on a border agent. You know that uh, it happened off the coast of Puerto Rico and also two others were injured. Um, these border agents are outmanned. They're outgunned. And it is just so incredibly difficult, and they're overrun. Um, And also, not only that, they're working excruciating hours under just unbelievable conditions. And then on the other hand, uh, A, it's dangerous. They also feel so frustrated because they don't want to be babysitting these migrants. I mean, on the, you know, those that are not there right fighting, you know, uh, defending us and, and dealing with all the safety issues are also Many of them are dealing with processing. Uh, They're dealing with, you know, making sure they have food, they have water, they have all this. Uh, There are so many issues that our border agents are going through. What are they saying to you about how tough the job is right now? Yeah, Rita, first of all, thanks thanks for bringing this up because we don't talk about this now. We don't talk about the actual border patrol agent that's on the front line. As you said, they're risking their lives every single day. And they've watched the past two years every single pool authority and policy literally be ripped away from them to be able to do their job to protect this country effectively and safely for them. Here's something we don't talk about enough. The United States Border Patrol, it is the most assaulted law enforcement agency in this country every single day. And think about it. As millions of illegal aliens, and a lot of them literally walk across, turn themselves in, again, that, that takes those Border Patrol agents off the line. They're in a facility somewhere. That leaves fewer agents out there. Well, at the same time, what's happening is we're also seeing a historic high number of gotaways. Those illegal aliens that are breaking their southwest border, and they're doing everything to evade apprehension. They're fighting. They're scratching. They're clawing. They're doing anything that they can, attacking Border Patrol agents. Why? Because among those gotaways, over one million in two years, 
there are some bad people. That's the reality. There are murderers, rapists, pedophiles, aggravated felons, and gang members among the one million gotaways. There are drug smugglers, uh, uh, traffickers. The list goes on, and they're all fighting Border Patrol because they are trying to get away to get into this country. And you know what? We, we haven't even talked about the rescues. The number of rescues that Border Patrol have, have had to do over the past two years shatters four or five years previous combined. They are literally risking their lives every single day to rescue illegal aliens. And oftentimes the cartels, Rita, they'll actually intentionally capsize a, a raft with a dozen illegal aliens in it to avoid them getting apprehended, knowing the Border Patrol agents are going to have to divert their resources, risk their lives to save illegal aliens. It's something we don't talk enough about. What about also these allegations of of the whipping that turned out to be completely false. And what I think is just so outrageous, Mark Morgan, is first off, the administration has just jumped on this bandwagon, uh, assuming that the border agents had been whipping the migrants. Um, These are the Haitian migrants, as you know. And that incident got all these headlines because of that picture. Um, And the photographer who took the picture said, no, it didn't happen. It's not true. And yet, the administration ran with this, like, you know, uh, basically it invokes slavery and, and that the border agents crossed the line. Uh, as it turned out, as we know, again, it turned out to be false. But yet Mayorkas found that information out, still goes out to the public and still made these allegations against the agents. How tough is that for them and for their morale to know that Mayorkas was spewing this when he knew the truth? Look, Rita, I've been there. I've been been at the lowest levels of the totem pole of multiple agencies in my career. And I can tell you firsthand that, that every day when you wake up, if you know that you do not have the, the, the confidence in, your, in, in the leadership that they are going to have your back and support you and that they're not going to throw you under the bus and vilify you for a political ideological gain. It is devastating. The morale is the lowest it's ever been since the inception of Border Patrol in 1924. I can guarantee you I get that comment all the time. And Secretary Marcus, I'm glad you brought him up. Look, we already know that he's lied to American people again and again. He's lied to Congress under oath. He has perjured himself in Congress under oath when he continues to say that our borders are secure and we have operational security, and we all know it's a blatant lie. If that's not enough, this man, as you said, look, we have through, through Heritage Foundation, our oversight project, we through FOIA requests, we have emails that show that two and a half hours before Secretary Mayorkas used the White House press briefing room to address the entire nation, he knew it was a lie that the agents didn't whip anybody. The photographer himself, as you said, told them that it didn't happen. Nobody whipped anybody. He still got out there in the White House press briefing room and said that those pictures, quote, conjured up images of racism. He said that not once but four times. This is why you have border patrol agents that turn their back literally during during meetings with Secretary Mayorkas, and this is why the president of the National Border Patrol Council has said Secretary Mayorkas is not fit to lead border patrol agents, and it's why uh, um, uh, Representative Biggs and others said that Secretary Mayorkas must resign or be impeached on day one where Republicans take back the House. Well, Mark Morgan, thank you very much. Stay with us if you could. We're going to go to a quick break and continue much more with this very powerful discussion with Mark Morgan. You are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. 
And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a beautiful story of police officers who serve on that job during the day and at night are football officials at a local high school. It comes from Hillsboro, Oregon, where Clackamas County Sheriff's Deputy Gina Fisher and Beaverton Police Officer Steve Anderson, they serve to protect during their daytime hours, and they strive to make the right call under Friday night lights. The two officers officiated their first-ever 6A Oregon School Activities Association state championship game last week. And Fisher also, by the way, made Oregon history as the first woman to officiate a final in the state's highest classification. She said the fact that I am the first female to work a 6A championship game, I will never forget that. Anderson, who also played football growing up, says that while there is yelling at officiants during the games, and there sure is, he is able to keep his composure because of his policing career. He said, sometimes we are dealing with life or death, and this is a game. This is fun. I try not to let anyone get the best of me. And bravo to these great officers who do so much for the community during the day and obviously do so much at night as well. And that's why I always love doing this great segment every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. One of my favorites, Back the Blue. Well, speaking of Back the Blue, we are joined now by a great law enforcement officer. He was the former Customs and Border Commissioner, Protection Commissioner, CBP Commissioner, also an analyst at the Heritage Foundation Visiting Fellow. And we're continuing with the great Mark Morgan. You know, Mark, we're talking about so much that's been going on in the border on the Rita Cosby Show. You brought up Mayorkas right before the break. And what do you think is going to happen now with uh, the House changing in about a month uh, into GOP hands? Do you think uh, that now the Republicans taking over, they've said that they will call Mayorkas day one. What are some of the questions and do you agree with them that Mayorkas should resign uh, or be impeached? Do you think it's headed there? First, yes, he's got to go. I refer Rita to him as the most dangerous man in this administration. He is this administration's chief architect of our open border policies, which has created a self-inflicted uh, a crisis, the worst crisis that we've seen in our lifetime. Literally, Americans and migrants, by the way, are dying every single day because of this man's uh, so-called leadership as Secretary DHS. Now, look, I don't want to weigh in on who should be speaker. That's not my role. I don't want to get into the politics of that. But what I'll say, McCarthy went down there, and he said that Secretary Mayorkas should resign. And if he doesn't resign on day one, he's going to start investigation uh, to determine impeachment. Now, look, I hope that that he is sending a clear message and a promise to the American people that if Secretary Marcus doesn't resign, he's gone. Uh, I hope he's not doing it just to get the votes to become speaker, because you had other people like Representative Chip Roy and Andy Biggs, who early on has been in the forefront and even started uh, to, to draft articles of impeachment long ago, calling for the impeachment of Mayorkas, uh, b- because, again, he has has overseen the worst border crisis in our lifetime. Look, and, and it's, it's not, it's not like I, I was mentioning before, you know, and it's not just the fact that he's been this chief architect. I mean, he's intentionally, not only has he intentionally took the most secure border in our lifetime and unsecured it, but he's lying to the American people. I mean, every single time that he talks, he tells us that the border is secure and we have operational security. It's a lie, Rita. The man has to go. He has to be held accountable. 
Aren't you shocked also, Mark, at the arrogance, too, of him? Because yes. the way he, he's he's like, no, the borders, you know, it's not open. And he and it's a very sort of like smug. And in fact, there yes. was this very powerful exchange, Mark, with uh, Kat Kamek, the congresswoman. And she's like, you know, just your indignous, indignant, righteous, you know, righteous attitude. Indignation. It was this, yep. Yep. Yeah, indignation. I was trying to remember the exact phrase, but it was one of those. But it really did fit him because he was sort of sitting there like a Cheshire cat smiling. And and thinking, I can't wait to get out of here. I, I, Rita, I think I'm going to use that from, from uh, now on. That's a perfect description. Look, I've said that before. And, you know, you, you, you try really hard to stay away from the, the personal kind of, uh, quote, attacks on somebody. But, but sometimes it's just appropriate. And I think the representative is exactly right. I used to say, if you watch him, because you know, I like to watch body language all the time. Every single time he's challenged, he kind of raises that chin in, that, in the indignant way that he does, right? And he comes back with this. This just blatant lie. I mean, he has no compunction, reader whatsoever, to under oath uh, at, at the White House press briefing room to just literally lie to the American people when he knows it's a lie. Look, there's so many stats that we can give, but just the one stat alone, over one million gotaways in 24 months. Think about that, Rita. A million illegal aliens have broken our southwest border and evaded apprehension. And this man says our borders are secure or that we have operational control. I mean, it's just a lie. I mean, like I said, there, there's untold hardcore criminals and gang members among the one million, potential national security threats. In the last fiscal year, over 100 illegal aliens were apprehended on the FBI's terror screening database. The FBI prevented a terrorist attack to assassinate a former president. How are they going to carry it out? by terrorists coming across illegally our wide-open southwest border. Now, uh, with that in the background, think about the 1.1 million gotaways. Think about it. The next terrorist sleeper cell, Rita, could already be in the U.S. plan the next terrorist attack, and we have no idea, but this secretary says our border's secure. He's a liar. You know, Mark, uh, you talked about the terror watch list. Talk about what it takes to get on that list, because as you point out, there's been over 100 uh, that have been apprehended. It, of course, only takes one uh, to cause uh, hell on earth in America. But what does it what does it take? What kind of a bad hombre or mujeres uh, does it have to be to be on that list? Yeah, so that's important. Hey, remember, too, 9-11, it was about a dozen, right, causing the worst terrorist attack on our soil in, in, in the history of America. So it, it doesn't take many. Look, so to get on the FBI's terror screening database, that means a couple of different things. One is you could be a known or suspected terrorist. That's the top end. That's really, really bad. But you could also have that, that the intelligence community, not just the FBI, but other intelligence community entities could have derogatory information on this individual that they're connected to or they're facilitating terrorist or terrorist activities. So it's bad all the way across. Now, look, the, if they have derogatory information, it doesn't mean it's always substantiated and it's correct. But the fact is, is that we have people, a million, that are getting past us. We have no idea how many individuals on the FBI's terror screening database are among the million. It's not hyperbole to say that there actually could be known or suspected terrorists that have become part of that one million that are in the United States. It's a big deal. I keep saying that's why I don't understand. There's no downside to secure the border. It, 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 less Americans die. There's less risk to our national security and our public safety. Less illegal aliens die. I don't understand why congressmen and, and women on the Capitol on both sides of the aisle are not screaming at the t tops of their lungs at Capitol Hill on the steps saying, enough is enough. This has got to stop.
Absolutely. And everybody, we're talking to Mark Morgan, former Customs and Border Protection Commissioner, also a senior law enforcement analyst and also a Heritage Foundation visiting fellow. You know what I never understood, Mark, too, is why are there not more protests um, also from people that are living on the border? Um, You know, these farmers and ranchers, they're definitely vocal about their concerns. But boy, if I was living on the border, I would be out there protesting every single day. Yeah, you know what? They're, they're doing the, the best they can. I'll give you an example. There have been over 30 counties in Texas that have joined on Kinney County, which is the first one where judges actually, for the first time under the rule of law, declared that their county was being invaded because they're, it's happening just as you said. They're overwhelmed. They're, they're, it, every aspect of their county's finances and resources and public health and safety are being devastated by this administration's open border policy. It's why Governor Abbott, the first time time in modern history under the Constitution, under the self-help remedy, declared that the state of Texas is being invaded uh, because that's exactly what's being happening. And look, it's not just invasion of illegal aliens. That's part of it. But it's what that causes. We're also being invaded at the hands of the cartels. Drugs, we're being invaded by criminals. We're being invaded by potential national security threats. It's the whole, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the whole gamut of complex, uh, vast threats that are facing us. I, I, Rita, I, it just this defies common sense. It defies logic. Again, there is no downside to securing our border. And when it comes to immigration, we're not against immigration. Just do it legally. That allows resources back on the front line, back to do their national security mission to stop the vast complex set of threats coming across the border every single day that's happening now. Yeah, there isn't any downside, but yet they keep right. refusing to do it. It is amazing. And, you know, in the middle of all this, I think, boy, what's going to happen, Mark Morgan, when Title 42 is about to be lifted, which is this month now? Talk about what that's going to do. Yeah, so, so this is very important because there's been some confusion. I, here's my quick analogy. So let, let's say you have a city that's surrounded by five dams, and the city council intentionally dismantled four of the five dams, and it, it caused a, you know, catastrophic flooding you know, throughout the entire city. So the city's you know, drowning in three feet of water, and then the city council decides, you know what, we're going to go ahead and dismantle the last fifth dam. And so it goes down, and it adds another foot of flooding. Well, the issue isn't that they dismantled the, the last fifth remaining dam. The issue was they dismantled the first four, creating the crisis. That's my analogy to Title 42. We're already in the middle of a catastrophic crisis. Title 42 ending is just going to take the worst crisis we've ever experienced on the border and simply make it worse. One example right now is the Venezuelans. They, they've been setting up shop over because right now uh, they, they've started to apply Title 42 to Venezuelans. Well, the cartels have told them, hey, stop, just hang out, just hang out for a few more weeks here on the Mexican side, wait, wait till Title 42 goes away, and then just rush the border, and you're going to be released along with 159 other countries that are being released every single day. So it's just going to take the crisis, and it's just going to make it worse. How much worse is it going to be with Title 42 lifted? Some people have said it's going to be maybe double, three times the amount. I mean, what can we expect, and what can border agents expect? Yeah, so I look at the some of the intel showed, but you got to remember, intel's a snap, snapshot in time, and and I know early on they were saying, you know, this was this was probably six, seven, eight months ago, up to eighteen thousand per day. I, I don't see that. What I look at, at past performance to predict pu- future activity, and if you look at it, I mean, again, we're 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 around, you know, two hundred fifty thousand every single month. You'll probably see those numbers climb up a little bit, even though during December, the the, the winter months, we see it go down. I think you're going to see it go up a little bit. Uh, I don't think we're going to see the, the, the numbers 18,000. But, Rita, 
We're already we're already in the middle of six to eight thousand a day. That's already a full blown catastrophic invasion. That's that we're overwhelmed right now. We've been overwhelmed for the past twenty months. Um, and so, look, what, what this is going to happen is it's just going to create the crisis. It's going to continue the crisis. As I say, we're not going to see a stop in this. And uh, our, our every aspect of our nation's public health, safety, national security is going to be, continue, continue to be jeopardized. Wow. And that is really frightening. Um, I want to also talk about President Biden, uh, Mark Morgan, because we were talking about Mayorkas and his righteous indignation um, and the sort of Cheshire cat during the hearings. Here it is. um, President Biden, uh, you know, keeps getting asked about the border. He ignores it, like doesn't even want to talk about it. I've only heard him say the word fentanyl, I think, maybe one time, I think, in, you know, in discussions. And it was on like opioid overdose day. And it was like fentanyl. But let me hurry up and move on because you could tell he just doesn't want to draw any attention to what's happening there at the border. And then there was this exchange this week where Peter Ducey, the Fox White House correspondent, uh, was asking Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, you know, I want to talk with you about the border. Uh, We know the president, he said, has never been to the border. Um, The possible next speaker says he wants him to go with him. Is he going? And Corinne Jean-Pierre says he's been there He's been to the border since he took office. And then, you know, Peter Ducey rightfully interrupted and said, like, when? When did he go to the border? And then she said, well, since he took office and let's just kind of move on. We need to fix our immigration system. Um, what's your reaction to the fact that by all accounts, uh, I, it, clearly that's a lie. Um, the only time he has ever been to the border was like uh, like a little pop in during a campaign event. And he drove by and that was before he took office. And that doesn't really qualify. But even while he's been president, you've got this catastrophe that you know all too well is happening there at our southern border. And and our president uh, doesn't want to go, uh, clearly is ignoring it by all accounts. And the White House is like try, is like left and right saying, oh, he's been there. Um, and let's just move on like no big deal. How do you how do you handle when you hear that reaction, Mark Morgan, as someone who's been there on the front lines? Yeah, th- th- this is a part where. We were talking about earlier, Reed, and we talked about this is not, not only frustrated because they intentionally took the most secure border in a long time, dismantled it, and unsecured the border and created, again, the worst crisis we've ever seen in our lifetime. But equally important is they're lying. They're, they, look, this isn't D.C. spin. This isn't manipulation. This is lying. This is the same press secretary that said, I think, the same reporter. Well, Peter, it's not like they, uh, the, these migrants literally just walk across the border. Y- yes. That's exactly what they do every day, all day long. I mean, she's not only clueless, but she lies. Everybody knows that the president has not been to the physical border. It's a complete lie. And look, and think about this. As the president of the United States, we know, okay, first of all, we've already talked about that national security threats are potentially pouring in, that criminals are pouring in. But let's talk about drugs. You mentioned that. So last year in a 12-month period, 107,000 Americans died of drug overdoses or poisoning. The, the, the more the most in, in, our, in our lifetime. That's double the amount of American soldiers that died in Vietnam, double, Rita. And we know that the leading cause of death in this country, 18 to 45, is fentanyl. And we know the overwhelming majority of fentanyl comes from the southwest border. Literally every single day, a full plane, a 747 filled with Americans, the same that crashing into the ground and everybody dying every single day. Yet this president has refused to acknowledge the crisis or go to the epicenter of the crisis while literally Americans are dying every single day. I, it, it just, I, I, we're living in an alternate universe. I just don't understand it. 
you know, there was also a big headline this week. And in New York, this was stunning. Uh, they were planning on setting up a fentanyl board. And Governor Kathy Hochul said, uh, we don't have the funds for it. That was really amazing to so many people. It's like, um, wait a minute, you don't have the funds. It was going to be a 16-member uh, fentanyl board that was basically going to be a fentanyl abuse and overdose prevention task force to talk about uh, with experts how they can crack down on it, um, what they can do to you know address the uh, scourge of it. I mean, clearly it's taking lives, as you point out, all over America, including you know in New York and everywhere. What's your reaction when you hear uh, Governor Hochul vetoed this bill? Who would veto a bill to fight the deadly fentanyl scourge? It seems just unconscionable. It is. It's ignorance, politics, and ideology. All the policies are being driven now. That's how policies are being enacted. It's not being acted through reality, truth, and, and what's in the best interest of this country. And that's my frustration right now. If you look, especially when we talk about the border, every single policy that's been acted has not been done through its substance. Again, what is in the best interest of this country? The policies are being driven by ideology and politics, and they don't care what the second, third, nor fourth negative order impacts are to this country. It just look, let's take inflation. And, and hopefully this comes across as how I mean it. Very sincere. I'm not trying to downplay any of the impacts of inflation. I know folks that literally are having a hard time going from paycheck to paycheck, that filling up their tank it ha- it has been a challenge for them. I'm not trying to undersell that. But here's the thing. Even though it's costing more money to fill your tank up, and that is difficult, no one's dying from higher gas prices. But, Rita, people are dying from our open border. And it's not just Americans, right? It's the migrants themselves. That's another dirty little secret that this administration refuses to come clean with the American people. There have been more migrants that have died under Secretary Mayorkas and President Biden's watch than in the history of our country. In the last 23 months, over 1,300 dead migrants have been recovered covered by CBP at the border alone. That doesn't include other law enforcement along the border, the, 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 the dead body recoveries they've done, or the ones that died in Mexico or the Darien Gap. I mean, I could go on and on. How about the number of migrants, the young children, women that have been sexually assaulted on the journey, or the countless untold numbers that now are living the life of trafficking because this administration has opened their borders, gave a green light to the cartels to smuggle the highest number of illegal aliens in this country that we've seen in our lifetime. You're never going to hear the administration talk about that. Yeah. Why are they, they just are ignoring it. And it's outrageous. Just like you said, if they care about the migrants and they profess to do so, you would think they would want to make sure that they're taken care of, that it's humanitarian. And like you said, the people are making the money right now, Mark Morgan, the cartels, they've had the best years ever because not only for the drugs, uh, but the human smuggling. And, And some of these stories of what's happening to them is unconscionable, Mark. I mean, it is heartbreaking. And it is stunning to me that this administration just has turned such a blind eye to a major health crisis for Americans. And just like you said, um, unbelievably dangerous. Uh, and, and it will get more so, don't you think, sadly, when Title 42 is lifted? It, it will. And look, the, 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 the cartel's business model went from $500 million in 2018 to over $13 billion right now. 
Think about that. Let, let, let your listeners sink that in. I mean, the, the only winners at the end of this by having open borders are the cartels. They've become more powerful, more influential, and their, and their bank accounts are growing literally every single minute because of this administration's open border policies. They've sent a message to the entire world and to the cartels, business is open, business is good. Now's the time to come to illegally enter our border. If this administration or, or, or the Democratic Party and open border advocates actually cared about the migrants, the most humane orderly thing we can do is to close our border and demand that anyone wanting to come to this country does so legally and lawfully. Stop giving your life and your money over to the hands of cartels to do it illegally. You suffer and America suffers at the same time while the cartels become richer and more powerful every single day. You are absolutely right. And to me, it is just, it's so heartbreaking uh, to see what's happening to these individuals. By the way, Mark, and I always say this, I never blame anybody for wanting to come to America. It is the greatest place in the world. It's the greatest country in the world. You and I both know that. And I never begrudge uh, someone wanting to leave some of the circumstances that they've been in. Uh, But they have to do it legally. They have to do it lawfully. And they have to do it appropriately. And, and, To me, it is so outrageous when I think about what President Biden just turning such a blatant blind eye and what a contrast it is from President Trump. Um, Real quick, your thoughts on just the difference. Um, We just have a few seconds left. But boy, what night and day. Night and day. Look, literally, I'm not just this isn't about politics for me, Rita. Look, I've been doing this for 40 years. I served under six administrations, both Republican and Democrat. I was chief of the border patrol under the Obama administration. This isn't about politics. This is about truth, reality, fact, and protecting this country. And it goes back to what you said. Immigration, yes, I'm all for it. Do it legally. Everybody wins if you do it legally. The rule of law wins, our sovereignty wins, and the safety and security of not only our country, but the migrants themselves win. There, again, no downside to securing the border. Everybody wins when we do it, but we're not doing that right now. And boy, do we need to turn this around. I hope the House Republicans uh, take action. Like you said, it's not just grandstanding. We need to see action, and you know that all too well. Uh, Mark Morgan, thank you so much for joining us here on a Friday night on such an important topic. I always love your perspective. I know our listeners do, to the former Customs and Border Protection Commissioner, a great senior law enforcement analyst, and also with the Heritage Foundation. Mark, thank you for all you do to keep us safe, and so great to have you here on the Rita Cosby Show. Thank you. Thank you, Rita. Thanks for all you do for law enforcement in this country as well. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we love and appreciate them so much. And everybody, we're going to have a lot more on the Rita Cosby Show when we come back. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 